Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. If you like this show, you need to check out the Perez Hilton podcast. Each week, Perez is joined by Chris Booker to bring you the best gossip from all around Hollywood. What's hot, what's not, and what is everyone talking about? You never know where the show will end up. So check it out. The Perez Hilton podcast weekly on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. From Vanderpump Rules to Vegas and everywhere in between, it's time to party with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now, here's your host, Sheena Shea. All right, so today, you guys, we have a movie producer who has done some of your favorite movies sitting right next to me. He also has his own podcast here at Podcast One called The Producer's Guide, has featured guests like Adam Sandler, Shay Mitchell, Rebel Wilson. Everyone say hello to Mr. Todd Garner. <laughs> hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. Do you like your intro? I did. That was good. You're I, pretty I, cool. Oh, thank you so much. I, I don't do those, so that's good. I usually oh. just start going, hey, hey. welcome. This, yeah. is, this well, is very professional. I like to talk my guests up. <laughs> I you like know? it. It's good. Yeah. It's so you give you a little I... ego boost. God, and then now like, i got to change my format. Icebreaker. It's just, <laughs> it's just how I do my things. <laughs> good. So my show is called Shenanigans, right. as you know. So I usually like to start with a little game. Okay. So I have a would you rather game. Okay. Are you down to play? Sure. Okay. Who is your favorite actor between the Garners, Jennifer or James? Well, you know, James Garner's name really wasn't James Garner. It was really? James Baumgarner, and he changed it. Interesting. Because he, he thought it didn't sound good enough, I guess. So, huh. And I love him, and he's an amazing actor. Yeah. And I've worked with Jen, so I would have to say I can't – I have to yeah. split my vote on that mm-hmm. one. That is one of like my favorite movies. I can quote 13, 13 going on 30. Going on 30. <laughs> Thank I you. watched it, no joke, like two weeks ago. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it Thank is. You. It was very fun to it's make. It's such a good one. Oh, thank you. I love it. Thank you. Okay. Um, would you rather only be able to make one movie ever again, but win every award for it, or only be able to produce direct to TV films for like lifetime Hallmark for the rest of your life? 
Well, I got a family, so I would have to support them. <laughs> but I guess if you made one movie that won every award, it could be like Avatar, and then you'd you know? be done. So I'd go for the when do one movie with win every award. Okay. Would you rather be Paul Blart in real life, <laughs> or only be able to produce Paul Blart Mall Cop sequels for the rest of your entire career? I would I would produce Paul Blart Mall Cop sequels for the rest of my career because we have fun making them. Yeah. It was really fun. The last one. He's awesome. He's the best. I just saw him today. Hi, Kevin. The last one, uh, we shot the entire movie in the Encore Resort. Really? Not the Encore Resort. In the Wynn Resort. In Vegas? Yeah. In oh. the, yeah the entire movie. No way. Yeah. I, I lived in, I lived in the Encore the entire time. I just moved back from Vegas a few months ago. Really? Yeah. Why did you move there and then move back? So I was There's there. There's some scandal I noticed. No. Should I know this? N- I mean, maybe. Is this I... for a man you did this? No. Oh, God, so. no. I don't know. I don't do anything for a man. Let me just know. say that right out there. I don't know right you like there. that. No. I had a job out there. I was headlining in a show at the Paris Hotel six nights a week. And where did you live? I lived on Flamingo and Koval. Isn't it great? How long did you live there? Yeah, I was there for like five months. So isn't it great to live there? Yes, I want to buy a house out there. Amazing. I can't go for a weekend because I'll die. Yeah. But I lived there for four months for no problem. Totally. Yeah. And now when it I... It just depends on the mindset of how you it's go It's so there, different. Right? Like now when I go back and visit my friends, yeah. it's like those crazy, like you're at a club and then you end yeah. up at Sapphire yeah. and El Dorado no. and no. all of this and no. it's one of those nights. But if you live there, mm-hmm. great. Great restaurants. Yes. Oh, amazing great, restaurants. Great shows. So many. Every, they're so cool to the people that yeah. live there. I love shooting there. So yeah. anyway, yes. Yeah, so then I would be yeah. able to shoot those movies in fun places and do that. That See, I like that. Because if you were actually Paul Blart, it wouldn't be that great of a life. Yeah. Because he gets pretty crapped on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he get, get falls down a lot. So yeah. So it would be hard. It's okay. A hard. That's a hard existence. I like it. <laughs> all right. Um, would you rather direct a film or star in a film? Direct. Last one. Who would you rather be a personal assistant for, Adam Sandler or Rebel Wilson? Wow. Probably Sandler just because I think I'd do a better job because I've known him longer. Yeah. Because we're really close friends, and I feel like I'd be able to just anticipate what he'd want more. But Rebel's great. But I just feel like I would screw up that job more than I would for Sandler. I love Adam. I love both of them. Oh, me too. I love Adam Sandler. He's the best. He is, right? He is the best. Yeah. So you were mentioning before we started this today that Spencer and Heidi Pratt used to be interns for you? Spencer was an intern and Heidi was around. So Joe Roth was my partner, boss partner, at Revolution Studios. And his son, Zach Roth, Uh went to school with Spencer, uh, John Avnet's son, Jake Avnet, Henry Winkler's son, Max Winkler. And I believe David Katzenberg was in there, who's Jeffrey Katzenberg's son. And we had all of them as uh, – and John Avnet's son, Jake Avnet, all were our, our interns. Oh, it was wow. Quite, and they've all gone to have huge success. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was quite the group of, of young seniors from Crossroads High School. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and now The Hills is coming back. Right. Oh, is he going to be in? I think he, yeah. Gonna, wow, that's cool. Yeah, for they're doing the reboot. That's great. It's actually the same production team who does – uh, the show I'm on, Vanderpump Rules. All oh, right, on. So now a lot of them have left us to go to the hills. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the the crew, you mean? Yes, the crew, That's not cool. not the cast. But but it's funny because there are so many of them who are friends with so many of us. I'm like, we should just like merge it a together. Hills, Vanderpump. Do you like a hills meets Jersey Shore or... with a side of Vanderpump Rules all together? All but in L. A. But in L. A. Oh, okay, I like it. I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to put it out there. You know, I'm I'm trying. 
There's three different networks there, so that's producing. That, that's what my whole podcast is about. You, yes. you're just a producer, oh, right? There. Oh, trust me, I will be uh, a producer. Since like season it. one of Vanderpump Rules, I'm like, I'm gonna take all of y'all's jobs one day. Like, you I should. will be producing television. I don't know that you want all the jobs. No, but... no, all of the producers. <laughs> okay, I was like, good. one oh, of you, you I'm gonna there take go. it. Not everyone. I don't want to do audio. <laughs> There's a lot. I don't want to edit. <laughs> Although. You, you don't I mean, want to be I, a boom operator. I can tell no, standing there with a pole over your No, head. but like field producing. Yeah. Okay, now tell me, I should know this, but also I don't really. And for all my listeners, what is the difference between executive producing and producing? Depends. Depends on whether it's features or, or TV. So it's that's why producing, that's why part of the reason I do this podcast is nobody knows what the hell a producer does. Yeah. And I get that question all the time. Uh-huh. So uh, in television, an executive producer is generally the writer, is generally the showrunner. That's like the job that is the person that's in charge. So, okay. So, for example, you know, Ryan Murphy is the executive producer of all of his shows mm-hmm. and, and the creator of all of his, his shows. So that's the job you want, right? And so the producer generally is the person who really makes the wheels and wheels turn. They, you know, moving around the equipment, moving the trucks around, things like that. It's really the flip in features. So in features, gotcha. the big P producer is generally the person that's been with the project the longest, uh-huh. is there on set creatively, making sure that, you know, everything kind of turns out the way the studio or the financier and the filmmaker want it. And the executive producer generally is the person who either put some money in or is the line producer, which is the flip in television. Gotcha. Which is why it's so confusing. Yeah. yeah. And then there's reality TV, and then you have field producers mm-hmm. who are out there with you every day because our show is unscripted. Right. So so I just had Probst on my podcast, which will probably air by the time this airs. Uh-huh. And we talk about that. In that case, producers are actually almost like writer directors. So for you, uh, yeah. your field producers are kind of writing in their head like, okay, you said this. Mm-hmm. I got to remember to tell somebody that so I can get you right. to have a reaction or them to have a reaction or in your stand up, you know, say talk about how you were feeling in that moment. They're writing and kind of editing the show in the head in their head the field producers. So in traditional if you were on a scripted show, they would be writers generally. They'd be okay. writers or directors going, "Okay, I, I need you to say this now. And so since there's no writing in your show, quote unquote, so that. No, no, there isn't. I'm there's no saying, quote unquote. I'm there saying, really isn't. There's no writing I in wish your show. I could say I, no that writing. was scripted. I'm not saying it's scripted. <laughs> no. But I'm just saying if there's bumpers, they say, hey, can you remind the audience about this? Well, of course. Right. It is a produced that's show. A produced it's just, show. it's not. So it's not. There's forced. no Since there's no writing, <laughs> that's what they're doing. So that's the difference between a field ah, producer and, and the producers are. The people that either created the show, uh, you know, Lisa's a, obviously a, an executive, executive producer, producer, which is what, what you want to uh-huh. be. So it's like, and so those, so those field producers are the people that are boots on the ground down there trying to make the show happen, and 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 making sure the storylines that are being unfolded in real life can be brought uh-huh. out and told in a way that makes sense to people. Gotcha. A lot of our field producers have moved up, too, to yeah, other sure. positions. So yeah. it's cool to just see, like, the whole, pun intended, evolution of uh, our show. It's a great production company. <laughs> yeah. But great, it's great. like we miss some of our old field producers, and then we have new ones. But shout out to Lindsay. We got an amazing new field producer oh, this great. season. And she was amazing. That's great. She made our summer. So your podcast is more of like a behind-the-scenes look at entertainment, Mm -hmm. the entertainment industry, Mm -hmm. and all of that. So tell my listeners, like, what – who would you say, like, your favorite guest is? Like, what are the coolest things you've talked about? 
Well, I'm sort of a geek about this stuff, so my favorite guests are not necessarily like this. You know, I love Adam Audience Sandler. Yeah, yeah, I love Adam Sandler and Rebel and Isla, and I learned so much from them uh-huh. when I did it. And Shay is great; she's a good friend. But like, I geek out over you know talking about the writer strike because yeah. that's stuff that's normally people don't talk about. Uh huh. And so the reason why I started this podcast was twofold. One was just everybody coming up to me and goes, "What does a producer do?" Or how do I become a producer? Yeah. And that coupled with the fact that, you know, a couple of other producers that I've had on my podcast, this producer by the name of Marty Bowen, another one by the name of Neil Moritz. Marty has produced everything from Fault in Our Stars to First Man, which is. Oh, wow. Uh And Neil has done all the Fast and the Furious movies. And me, we were sitting in Atlanta and we were all talking about how bad the movie business was. And it occurred to me that Marty had eight movies in the can. I had five, and Neil Moritz was about to go produce the next three Fast and the Furiouses. And I, I, I felt appalled that we were even talking about that because if we're saying the business is bad, and nobody has a chance right. that, that wants to come in. Like it's just so, all the press is so negative about distribution and how bad everything is here that I just wanted to do something different and say, hey, if you're a young person and you want to do this, don't give up. You can do mm-hmm. it. Don't listen to what the media is saying. There's plenty of opportunity here. Definitely. I like that. Oh, good. It's very positive. Yes, I'm trying to be. Positive message to send <laughs> out there. Thank you. So you've done over 170 movies. Yes. That's... Well, not as a producer. No, but just I've yes. been a part of. I have worked on over 170 yes. movies. Correct. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I I've been doing this see... long. You're just dating me now. Yeah. I'm just getting older <laughs> by the second. <laughs> no, I mean, that's incredible. Oh, thank you. Can you... Pick like a top three fave that, that you've I've worked, worked on? on in any sense. Well, there's been so many different. I'll just do one of the most fun movies I ever worked on was Con Air. Okay, it was amazing. It was cool. so much fun. I was a young executive. It was an idea that we had that we got made. It was Jerry Bruckheimer's first movie as a producer by himself. It's the most batshit crazy cast ever. It's so funny and weird. Yeah. We shot in Wendover, Nevada, and Vegas, and Park City, Utah. It was just so much fun. In fact, there was just an uh, article written in Empire Magazine for the 20-year reunion, uh, just how crazy that movie was and how, how nuts it was to make it. It was yeah. really fun. Um, and then in terms of just like seeing something just amazing being made, I worked with the Coen brothers on Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh-huh. Which was just amazing to watch those guys work. Yeah. And I did... Uh, Adam's one of Adam's first movies, The Water Boy, which is really, really? fun. Because yeah. Yeah, we were young <laughs> and he was doing something weird. I and love that. We became really, really good friends. So that was just really fun to work on. And then I did Black Hawk Down, which is really mm-hmm. important. Amazing. To me. And, and, you know, my wife's brother was in the military, so it was super important to make that movie. Yeah. And so that's. Uh, Decide that that's like probably a top five. Yeah, I mean those are all incredible movies. Oh, it's thanks. amazing that you've been a part of all of them. Oh, How did you get into producing? Like in the beginning? Well, I started out as an, as an editor. Okay. So I was in. I thought I was going to do theater. I thought I might do stand up, and then that's really hard. And I'm not. Have you ever done theater stand up? I did theater, and I tried to do stand-up. It's really hard. That's why I'm, all my best friends are stand-ups, yeah. because I just know how hard it is. I think if someone could write the jokes for me, I'm great at delivery, but go. to just well, like, writing it, and also, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's so personal. Like, yeah. So you really have to talk about Exactly. Stuff, about yeah. Never tried it. I did. It was not great. And then, uh, <laughs> so I became an editor, and then I was an editor for a while, and then um, I just realized that's not what I wanted to do. I really did want to be a producer. I was producing you know, high school theater, a little movies and things like that, student films. And so 
I went from being an editor after graduating from college to going to work at a bank because <clears throat> I thought I would go to business school. Uh-huh. So I worked at Wells Fargo Bank for, for a couple years. And then uh, before I made it to Stanford Business School, uh, I d- got offered a job at Paramount Television to be the, one of the accountants for the Arsenio Hall Show. Oh, wow. So that was my first job on the Paramount lot. And I did that, and it was amazing. So, like, Bill Clinton would come and play, you know, saxophone, and Eddie Murphy would come and be on the show. It was yeah. wild. And that's where I really learned, you know, what a studio did. And then from there, went back to school, went to UCLA Extension. You're a Bruin? No, no, no. It was just UCLA oh, Extension. Okay. It was not like, no. I actually went to Occidental College, gotcha. which oh. is a tiger. A tiger. It's a tiny little school Rawr. in Eagle Rock. Yeah. And then I, okay. um, And then from there, I figured out that there was this job called a creative executive. Uh-huh. And that you kind of had to be an assistant first. So I went and got a job as an assistant at Columbia Pictures. And then I went to Disney a year later and was at Disney for 10 years. That's that right. Really... Yeah. Okay. So tell me about working at Disney. I'm obsessed <laughs> with Disney. It wasn't Disneyland. It was... No, I know it wasn't Disneyland. <laughs> but just like I grew up watch. I mean, in the amazing. late 80s, early 90s, like sure. I grew up with the Mickey Mouse Club and just like all of that, like Disney. I started at Disney very shortly after they had released Pretty Woman. Oh, so, okay. It was at the heyday of Touchstone Pictures. They had just released Pretty Woman. I worked for Touchstone. Um, and they, you know, they were doing, you know, a, What About Bob and, you know, a, a bunch of incredible yeah. movies. And um, so I was there for 10 years. And it was, a, it was really an amazing experience. I saw a lot of change. I worked for Jeffrey Katzenberg very closely. Mm-hmm. And he was great. And he taught me a lot. Um, almost everything I know. And then, then when he moved on, Joe Roth took that job and he became my boss. And that was a completely different experience. And I just, he was, he's still my mentor. And so I went with him post Disney to start Revolution Studios. Awesome. Thanks. That's so cool. You, I literally, I was just reading your bio and all this stuff last night. And then I also last night watched Tag. Oh my gosh. Did oh my you God. Like it? I okay. loved oh, it. Yeah, so I had a little Sunday fun day. We did football game. I'm a Chargers fan. Right we on. lost, yeah. but I was at the game. After that, I had some friends over for a Sunday fun day, and then everyone starts leaving, and I was like, but I wanted to watch a movie. So one of my girlfriends stayed over, watched it with me. We both absolutely loved it. Oh, great. The whole movie was entertaining. Thank like, you. really, I'm not just saying that because oh, you're sitting you. here. Like, it was just, like, thank a great you. cast. Great cast. They were great. Everyone. It was so much fun to make. It, we made that Isla Fisher was hilarious. I mean, she's, she's amazing, she's but amazing. just like so funny how into the game she was. Yes. So what was it like? I'm not sure how many movies you've produced that are based on a true story, but how is that different than doing just a purely scripted movie right. that's not based on a true story? I've made a lot of movies based on true stories. Okay. A, a lot. You know, a lot of um, both uh, more inspired by true stories, uh, you know, a lot of dramas. A few comedies based on, like, anger management happened to a friend of mine. Uh-huh. And so, like, a lot of Con Air was based in truth. Yeah. There was a thing called Con Air. And so it's it's limiting in a certain way. But for this movie, was in, was especially interesting because you would never believe it. Nobody ever goes, people have actually been playing tag for 35 years. Yeah. Like, yeah they have. And I'll show you at the end. Watch. And no, that Stay was the, the coolest part. Yeah. At the end, we're like, "Oh my god, this is real footage!" Yeah. Like, it, and, I love that oh, when you thanks. see that at the end of a like yeah. the real footage, like at the end of Selena, and then yeah. you actually see Selena, and just right. like it just brings the movie so much more to life because you realize that these people, yeah, were based on true people. Yeah, like, and so characters. these guys have been playing for that long, and 
a lot of those tags that are in the movie are real life tags. Yeah. Things that they had done before. Yeah, when you see like the golf carts and all of that. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. Oh, thank you. So how did this come about? Like it was was it from the Wall Street Journal yeah. that you guys got the idea to do the script? Yeah, the uh, a friend of mine, uh, his brother knows the Tag Brothers. Okay, and he was from Spokane, and he is a writer that he I've been friends with for years. And he called me and said, "You have about thirty six hours to figure out how to do this because it's going to hit the Wall Street Journal and it's going to be a huge thing." So we called the Tag Brothers and talked to them and said, "Look, I, I, this is what I do for a living. You know Mark Styland, you know me. We're going to take care of you. We're going to do the right thing." Um, we promise you we won't use your real name, so you know, but you'll be as involved as you want to be or not. And they agreed to do it. And then 36 hours later, the Wall Street Journal article dropped, and it was a feeding frenzy, but we had already had the drop on them. And in fact, That's what's so funny, cool. what, <laughs> what's funny is one of the guys, um, he thought his real name was used, and he was having a complete complete anxiety attack about it <laughs> because he was like, I have like a real job, and I don't want people to know exactly right? what to think. And I go, oh, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I heard you're using my name. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, I heard Brian Denny. He's in the movie. And I go, he is in the movie. He's an actor in the movie. <laughs> so one of the real guys' names is, is Brian Dennehy. No And he way. heard, you know, Brian Denny, he's in the movie. And he thought it was his name being used. And it was the, actually the Did actor. Did that actor play that character? No, no, no. Oh, okay. That would have been to be a coincidence, too. <laughs> John Hamm played his character. I was oh, like, I know, okay. we, I know we didn't use your name. Then I'm like, oh, my God. The actor Brian Dennehy is actually yeah. in the movie. So you run into funny things like that. But for the most part, you really just try to be understanding that it's somebody's life. So you don't right. want to like, you know, that's a trust. You don't want to break that trust. You want people to feel proud of it. And they love it. The Tag Brothers love this yeah. movie. So it worked out well. So in the movie, there's five of them. But there were more in were, real life. Yeah, there were like 12 in the beginning and 10 are still playing. Wow. Yeah. There's now, a priest. One wait, of them is a priest. Oh, I saw that. Yes. I saw that picture. I was... And he was actually the one who got cancer. So like he took, okay. See, I was it, yeah. wondering if that part. We were yeah. wondering if that was true. True, and he lived. <gasps> and they came That's to amazing. his bedside. I mean, it really just is a movie about as silly as it is. It really is a movie about friendship and about the things that we, especially men, do. Yeah. To stay in touch, <laughs> like to go to tailgates and fishing and right? stupid shit like that. But yeah, this they these guys play tag. So every May, these guys. Got together. Was it once a year? Every, yeah. In our movie, it's every May. It's once a year, and it's every February. They do it every February. Okay. Yes, but yeah, they do it once a year, and it is balls to the wall, man. They they get after it. They now, do crazy stuff. Was there really the one guy who had never been tagged, or was that for a movie? That was for a movie, but they there was a guy who didn't get tagged for a long time, and it became a source of irritation for the yeah. other guys, and they did band together to try to get him group tags, a lot of group tags. That's but awesome. there was a tag at a funeral. There was a t- there, there was a bunch of tags of people uh, birth, just like in the movie. A lot of that's oh all God. based in real life. Yeah. After thirty five years, you have a lot. Yeah, of right. Tags a lot of stuff. stories, mm-hmm. and then there was like the fake miscarriage, and that was not real. <laughs> okay, <I> was... <laughs> that, that that was creative but it was, license. You know, I mean, like, it made it listening. very interesting. Cause you're like, whoa, wait, wait, did she? Re- no, they're faking that. But was it real? And it's like she. That that that, that was a that smart woman, move. Leslie Bibb's character is based on a real woman uh-huh. who is ride or die for her husband. Yeah. She has she has thrown blocks. She has helped him dive out windows. She is a beast at the game. So yes, so Leslie Bibb's character is based on her, and then Isla's yeah. is based on another woman who like always got the shit kicked out of her, like broke her femur. Well, like not her femur, her like oh ankle gosh. at one point. Yeah. 
got pushed downstairs. I mean, she, this poor woman, <laughs> she was the one whose birth it was at. So Isla is sort of based on her. So yeah, they're all loosely based on. Real yeah. I love that. It's always like like straight out of Compton. It's like right. I grew up listening to all of that right. rap growing up mm-hmm. here in Southern California. But like to then see the movie and to know so many of the characters, yeah. like the people behind it, and it's just like it's so interesting yeah. to see that in a movie. Yep. Yeah, love it. Um, how many scripts do you read like in any given week? And like, are are, well, are a lot of them like shitty or well, are a lot of them good? both uh (laughs) um so it's not you know it's not like there's piles and piles of scripts in my job i wish you know it's not but it's not like i'm getting submitted so much stuff every week Uh i'm not an agent or a manager where i'm reading everything that's coming in so i have my own projects that i'm reading and trying to make great Uh uh-huh and uh you know so that we're trying to take them from good to great or great to better and uh then but you are being submitted quite a bit of stuff that just doesn't isn't right for you it doesn't mean it's good or bad it just doesn't feel like you're the best person to take it to the you know finish line and i you know the part of being an independent producer although i have a deal at paramount now but part of being my job is i don't really get paid till the movie gets made it's not like i'm getting a paycheck the entire time ahead of time yeah so i it's really on me to get the movie made so you have to pick and choose you know your battles to figure out which yeah. ones you really want to take to the finish line cuz it's not it's so hard for sure how do you think um the post Weinstein hashtag Me Too movement has changed Hollywood. Well, yeah, it's that's a tricky. Like, did it change like how you approach films or like, like making sure there's no you know like pay disparities or anything? (laughs) Well, that's different. (laughs) There's two things that are going on, right? One is sort of the the sexual harassment part of it, which is loathsome and obviously should not be in any industry, let alone ours, and so. In terms of that, I you know, we don't allow that. I know anybody around me. We we don't allow that. So it's not like it that changed us because mm-hmm. we already had that point of view going yeah. in. But um, and in terms of pay disparity and things like that, I, I'm I'm lucky enough to work with people like Rebel Wilson and Julia Roberts and you know Cameron Diaz and I've worked with incredibly successful actresses mm-hmm. that make so much more than me. <laughs> so that's not really been an issue for me. But, right. But I think. There needed to be a reckoning in the world, not just in in our business. And I think that people that have the strength and the power now to stand up, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, any in anything in any, yeah. in any in any any sort of uh, inequality, it's if this gives people the strength to finally break through and stand up, then it's then it's always a good thing. Yeah. And, and in terms of like the people that that have uh, been been accused and proven to be do- doing this. They deserve to get what they got. You know, that's just the fact. Yeah. So True. I think it's a good thing, and I think it's every industry should ha- be doing the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Have you noticed a change in conduct or, like, behavior, like, behind the scenes since all of the Me Too stuff? Again, not really because yeah. not like we have a it's not like we have a set that really allows that kind of stuff. Right. Like we have but so if people are, like, more cautious or, like, you know, just, like, you don't want to. I don't think so. Like, I know some, like – older men in this industry who I've met, like I go up and give a hug to and they're like, uh, and I'm like, oh, I'm just a friendly person. I just, right. I am a hugger. That... But I've noticed that certain people can be more like standoffish me, are now. Are you me tooing people? No. Maybe, maybe you're, do you want to get something off your chest? Are you, are you, <laughs> do you, are, are you noticing people acting differently towards you? No, I just, no, not to wow. me. It just, in general, I think oh. some men are may, more cautious with how friendly 
they may be that's in introductions. Yeah, and that I'm like, that oh no, I'm sad. I'm just a hugger. Like well, that's okay. all. <laughs> then yeah, I don't. Again, I, I think hopefully everybody just uses common sense and, and dignity and, yeah. and have and have a good moral compass and aren't doing things like that. It yeah. just feels like – I, I got to tell you, I, I think part of the problem is it just seems so insane that it's sort of hard to believe. And right. So I think, I think everybody's first reaction before this movement was, what? No way. No one's going to do that. No one's going to – show up at the Peninsula Hotel 175 times in a row, but that seems that seems excessive. Right. And then you find out it's true, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's true. That happened. And then you hear the next thing, you're like, really? That's, that doesn't seem logical. That's, and then you find, whoa, okay. So now I think everybody's eyes are open that yeah. it's like, no, there's creepy shit that happens out there, and it can yeah. happen. And so uh, that's good, too, because I think part of the problem wasn't necessarily that people like, weren't believing it for mm -hmm. a bad reason other than they, they don't do that kind of thing. And you can't imagine someone doing that. Right. So you're like, really? That doesn't seem like it can happen. And now everybody realizes, no, no, it can definitely happen. Yeah. And we need to open our eyes and you need to believe people when they speak up. Definitely. There's, um, what is this show? Rose McGowan. There's a, a show she did that's all based on that, right? Have you uh -huh. seen it? Or her documentary? Her documentary, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously she's a big advocate for yeah. it. She's sort of been the, fa the face for it from right. the beginning, which is good. And she's she's a great talent and a great person. And she's obviously, rightly so, feels very strongly about mm -hmm. it. And so I think it's been I think it's been good to have somebody who is unrelenting in, in getting the message across. Definitely. Well, on a more fun note... <laughs> Out of the films so far released in 2018, which were the ones that like most excited you? Well, obviously, <clears throat> yours that no, you worked on, or others. Mine. No, I'll take mine out. Of but it. I'm saying but, you can pick yours like, if it is. Uh, some of it's going to sound super boring and cliche, and sort of has been said a thousand times. But obviously, the new horror stuff is so freaking cool, like the splits and the and the you know the get outs and the yeah quiet, get and, out yeah. that was so dope yeah and you know all and quiet place all these things are like place, yeah. elevating horror to such a very cool level it this it's so i think that's really mm -hmm. really really cool to yeah. see and also just the horror movies are getting better well because really talented filmmakers are going into that genre yeah and the, that's the way it used to be. I mean, it used to be back in the day, you know, John Carpenter and, you know, these guys were the horror masters. And then it sort of became a little bit rote and people just thought, ah, I'll do some jump scares and it'll be good. Now these really, James Wan, these really talented filmmakers are going in and really making them great. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Night Shyamalan's a genius. And yeah. these guys are, you know, Krasinski did an amazing job. So they're really taking that art form to the next level. So that's super exciting. Yeah. And the and I do think the superhero genre is really exciting because great filmmakers, Ryan Coogler um, doing Black Panther was spectacular and yes, it changes it. Saw and that. I, that Last Avengers was insanely The amazing. Infinity War? Yeah. Okay, I still haven't seen it. It's on my on demand, but I watched Tag first. But you don't, thank you. But you know you don't get a pass now. We can tell you how it ends, right? You, what? Are you still like telling people like don't tell me how it ends? I mean, you can tell me how it ends. I'm still going to watch it. I'm obsessed okay. with Guardians of the Galaxy. This this is the best one by far. Okay. And it's so ballsy what they did in a big studio movie to Ooh. just take, they took a lot of chances. So that's inter super interesting. And then, you know, there's just been a this resurgence of like really good, you know, dramas that have been sort of ignored and it's like it's cool that they're coming back and both on television and in, in film so yeah. it's, it's been it's been a cool year 
That's crazy because like all of the movies you said I've actually seen. That's good. And like last year there was probably I don't know like six months that went by where I hadn't seen a single movie and it was like all the awards are coming. I'm like I haven't seen that. I haven't seen right. that. I haven't seen that. But then once I got back from Vegas, I was like, okay, I'm getting back in it. I'm catching up on the movies I missed because I was doing a show. I had eight shows a week out there. Wow. So it was every single night. And then on Wednesdays I would I was off. I would fly back Tuesday night after my show, do my podcast here, fly back, do a show, and it was just like. And so were you off the were you off Vanderpump rules for that whole time or were so you on hiatus? We were on air. Okay. So we film primarily in the summer and then like right now is when we're like finishing up the interview confessional things, Got but it. the storyline takes place in the summer. So Now do you have to work be on it? Do you have to work at, at Vanderpump as a server? At Sir. For real. At Sir. At Sir. Yes, we're still there. Wow. Not nearly as much. Because you know much, that's where I saw you. I saw yes, you. that's where we met the you, first time. Yeah, and you had just gotten engaged, too. Oh, God. That, so that was, was like long. five years ago. Yeah, I didn't, say, I didn't say it was yesterday. I said I saw you there. Yeah. yeah. And I was uh, very impressed that, that it, you is a real thing. You guys actually Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, now we have so many other amazing opportunities like sure. this. I had Vegas and other things that pay the bills, so I'm definitely not there Four nights a week, like right. I was when I needed that only to pay my rent. Were but you were an actress before that. I still am. You, I know. I just moved back from doing a Broadway, oh, off Broadway. This is not show. judging. I'm saying you were on like 90210 <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. and other shows before Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. So, so did you? You were an actress, and then you became a server, and then got cast. Or? No, so I was always a server since I was sixteen. I worked in a restaurant and doing small arcs in 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 TV shows. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. my first job in LA was in Beverly Hills at the Grand Havana Room, where Adam Sandler used yes, to come sure. in. We all Steven Seagal. Oh, sure. oh my God! I mean, I met. <clears throat> Every, Sylvester yeah. Stallone, John Mayer, yeah. every A-list person went to the Grand Havana yep. Room. So that was kind of my first stepping stone into the entertainment industry. I met my first, I was with warning, Uber Warning Models, and right. then I they got like a theatrical department, and then that manager split off and did his own thing. And so that kind of, that restaurant started me out with my acting career, and I booked several guest starring, some reoccurring roles right. on television, and I absolutely loved it, and I felt like right as I was getting a good momentum going, Vanderpump Rules came about, and I was very, very anti doing the show. I was like, nope, nope, I'm good. Didn't do the hills. Don't want to do this. Like, I'm focused on acting. It's finally like I'm getting consistent work. I'm paying my bills. I had a few national commercials running. Like everything was going really well, and then Lisa Vanderpump is a very convincing person, For and sure. she was like, I just need you to come sit down, have this meeting, just hear us out. And if you don't like what we have to say, then you can go. So you went from being a server at Havana Room to being a server at at Sir. Vil Blanca in between. right. Yes. That's where I saw you, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, after things didn't work out at Grand Havana for personal reasons, Uh I um, (laughs) I then- I think um, I saw that story arc or something. You know, apparently you're not supposed to fraternize with members. Oh, yeah? He was a New York member. I I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, You know what's funny is my wife- who hosted um, the World Poker Tour used to do poker nights there. Uh, she used to host poker nights. There. Oh, those so, yeah. 
Tuesday or Wednesday nights. I don't know. I remember those nights. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There was there was yeah. the diff- there was the every other Tuesday. Crowd. Oh no, I'm sure there it was, was no. Wednesday no, she's crowd. very legit. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, which one no, it was. no. It was like there were like set games mm-hmm. like that we had in the room, so we knew yep. if we were working Tuesday, it was either going to be this game or that game. Right. If we were working mm-hmm. Wednesday, it was this game. Uh, and, I see. Yeah. So she, yeah, she did one so, of those. I don't know which one. I used to be so good at poker too, and then I moved to Vegas, and I was like, it's been ten years since I played. I don't remember Texas Hold'em. You got to be careful but, too now with Texas Hold'em. Yeah. Oh, definitely. No, it was so long ago. But I was like the one who would sneak in. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I would just take everyone's money. That was like 10 years ago, though. Genius. But so, yeah, so I was um, politely asked to not work there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I called one of my friends from college and I was freaking out. It was like the owner, though, I will give a shout out to Stan at Grand Havana. He was amazing. I got a great severance. All my bills were taken care of. Like, I was very broke at that time. I'm like 23 years old. Like, my acting wasn't fully kicking off then. And so I call one of my friends from college. I'm like, didn't you just say you started working somewhere in Beverly Hills? Like, I need a job now. Like, my bills are paid for the next three weeks. After that, I don't know what I'm doing unless I book a job. He was like, yeah, this place called Villa Blanca opened two days ago. You should come by. I go by, I meet Ken Todd. He had the most like sarcastic sense of humor personality that we just hit it off right away. And he's like, can you start tonight? And I was like, oh, perfect. Okay. There you go. Awesome. So I did. I worked a double the next day and then I was just part of the family. So somewhere you still have three weeks pad that you can use whenever yeah, you want. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I started there and then like a year and a half after that restaurant opened, Lisa Vanderpump was cast on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So then that production started up and from them filming between Villa Blanca and Sir, when Lisa is there for lunch but having to also be the boss, right. they were like, huh. I think we have a show in this show. So October 2011, we shot a pilot. Lisa asked me to start working at Sir as well. And Sir was like the cooler of the two restaurants. So Mm -hmm. it was like an honor to be asked to work at Sir. That's cool. So we moved over to there. And then from the pilot became a show. We got picked up in January. We started filming that summer. And Seven years later, wow! here we are. That's amazing. It's crazy. That's a long-running it show is. for any show. Yeah, and to have the same full cast from the beginning. Wow. All of us are still with the show full-time. So it's like that's also unheard of. I think I just saw, and forgive me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. were you just in a party bus with Randall Emmett? Yes, he's a good friend of mine. There you go. Yeah, so... Just saw it on social media. Yes, Lala Kent is... Engagement slash birthday. Yeah. He's a, he's a movie producer. Yes, I know. Very successful. So uh, his movie, which Lala is the lead in, The Row, just came out. It was amazing. She did an incredible job. I really think she made the movie. I'm not just saying that. She's my friend. She made the movie. So I was like, so Randall, so like for The Row too, <laughs> do you need some extra sorority girls to kill? Because you know I'm like back with the acting bug. <laughs> like perfect. I got back from Vegas and I was like, oh no, no, no. Like I'm getting back into this. I got new headshots. I got right. back with like my old theatrical manager. Right. Got in some classes with Lala. Perfect. So yeah, I just, I felt very motivated coming off doing a show and acting every night to get right. back into it because when Vanderpump started, I 
was doing so much acting and I really thought that this show would take away from it. And they're like, no, we want to do a show highlighting people who work in the restaurant industry trying to make it in their different fields. But then I kind of went a music route for a couple years and (laughs) and I did hosting and I'm like, now I'm back to acting. I, I, I like to do a lot of things. It's not that I get bored with one, but I'm like, I got my degree in broadcast journalism, but I also studied theater. You went to Azusa, right? Azusa Pacific Uh, University. Yeah. You're not the only one that can do research. <laughs> oh, God, did you Google me? No, I know <laughs> not to do that. I Thank know, you. I, know, I, have, I have a pretty good idea of what would come up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I didn't want to do the show. I was hesitant because of that. But once they said that it was highlighting our careers, I was like, you know what? What have I got to lose? And then... I got married. I got caught up in relationships. My career just got put on hold for the last three years because I was living my life for someone else and not for myself. Wait a minute. I said in the beginning of this, was it for a man? You go, I don't do anything for a man. Vegas was not for a man. I didn't say Vegas. I said, you said anything. And now you just said, Anymore oh, three so. years. Okay, no, Since anymore. then? Good. Then you oh, learned. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, I have That's learned. Positive. That is a Good. huge lesson I learned in the last few say, years. Because I thought there might have been some time in yes. there. Yes. Oh, yeah. From the no, Havana that was, room to That was all now. I did. Everything was about <laughs> pleasing the other person, making sure they were happy. Because if they were happy, then I was happy because they were happy. But that'll make you a good producer. Because that's yes. how we live. Uh-huh. Just trying to make other people happy. Yeah. and the- That's a good quality to have, by the way. Thank Even you. Even though someone took advantage of it. Don't lose Multiple. that. Multiple. But it's don't okay. Don't lose that quality. No. And I, I try not to. I am a very strong person. But Vegas was a great step in the right direction of putting me first in Ooh. my career. And that just kind of jump-started me back into the motivational acting world and yeah what do you think about reality stars turning actresses like jamie chung is a great example there's a lot of great examples i mean you she's a friend of mine so i'm biased here's the thing (laughs) unscripted television is everything i mean everybody it's not like you're in bad company every host Mm -hmm. isn't in unscripted every news anchor isn't is technically unscripted anybody who's been in any unscripted show technically is an unscripted star, right? Yeah. So I I think it's just about talent. And I think you're smart. I don't think you should be resting on your laurels and be like, well, I'm in a big hit reality show. Therefore, I'm going to be No, I'm always looking for what else can I do? That's all it is. It's just about authenticity. Mm -hmm. Be authentic to who you are as a person and what what you're good at and what your strengths are. And then mine those as deep as they'll go and perfect your talent and be good. If you're good, it won't matter. It doesn't matter. There's no there's no lines anymore. So that's the thing Shay and I talked about on my podcast was there's no lines. She's producing content for YouTube and she's mm-hmm. producing content for Instagram. And she's yeah. producing content for um, Warner Brothers in the form of Pretty Little Liars and she's producing content there I she's love in that a movie. Show. So she it's there's no lines anymore. Right. So there's no there's no barriers to entry. I mean is Chrissy Teigen a reality star or is she just a big personality that's really funny and, you know, great on social media, also hosting this show? She's acting. So there's 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 no lines. As She's long, goals. Well, listen, as long as you're willing to – she works her mm-hmm. ass off. I mean, oh, I know. That thing she does is not easy. Yeah. And it's content and great. Mm-hmm. And she produces great content in social media. Yeah. She's amazing. She's, She's one of my favorite funny people as hell. I follow. She gives the perfect uh, amount of access to people. Yeah. And produces great t- content on her phone. Uh-huh. And and so and she's on a huge hit show. So there's no lines anymore. So just 
be, and because she's authentic and to her voice Absolutely. is authentic and you know what you're seeing is what you're getting. Yeah. Not to say that it's not curated or edited or, or produced, but that's fine too. Mm-hmm. As long as you are super um, true to yourself and you work really hard and you get smarter every day by learning and listening and, and you know, perfecting your craft, you're yeah. going gonna to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have her in this chair one day. Perfect. I'm going to text her after this show and just be like, hey, girl, so <laughs> we were talking about you today. I did a and... show with her. I did a show early on with her. It was called Snack Off. Rob Deerdeck and I produced yeah, it. Yeah, okay, I remember and that. we did that for a year with Eddie Wong and her. Uh-huh. And it was great. It, you know, it didn't, didn't hit exactly the, what MTV wanted, but I knew. You could just see she was yeah. so ready to oh, yeah. go just do amazing things, and she has. She's, she's so amazing. sweet, and she's so fun. Like, she, like, on top of, like, being talented, she's also, like, a good person. Yeah. And yeah, very smart. I love that. When you meet someone you're a fan of and they're nice and, like, embrace that. And then she was, like, a fan of me. And I was like, wait, what? That's awesome. Crazy. Well, good. You're authentic, too. So yeah. just keep doing that. And Thank you. And glad you're going to classes and keep working at it. Yeah. So I got a couple scripts sent to me. Oh, and cool. Yeah. So I'm just excited to get back into it. Yeah. I just I actually just started doing music again, too. That's great. Because it's something just as a hobby for fun. I enjoy doing, and I gave it up for a while, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I know I'm not the best at it. I'm not the best singer, but I'm also not trying to be a singer. I'm trying to be a performer, whether that's on stage, on camera, or in a studio. Like, I just like performing. There's no thing you can do creatively that's not going to be a benefit to you in yeah. the long run. Nothing. And so if anybody is judging you or whatever, you're getting shit for it, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Because anything you do will make you better. Yeah. It, and by the way, you don't even know. Like if, you, if you're writing, write. If you're music, do music. If yeah. Do it all because it might inform another piece. Like some little piece of fear that you had may go away because you're on stage singing. That'll make you do a better performance in some audition that you're right. going to do. On that. And you have no idea that those things are related. Yeah. But they are. And Do this, it all. Yeah. And like this morning I was at the studio and I had come up with some ideas last night. Just like – and this whole song, I've never actually written a song. Mm-hmm. And I have my degree in journalism, broadcast journalism. I was a writer my whole life, but I've never actually written music. And this song, all of these just like melodies and just – words were coming into my head and so I started writing them down and we're at the studio this morning he's like wait I like that no I love that like okay just and he was kind of like helping me with the melodies and whatnot but it was just like it's so good it's like it's a breakup song but it's like one that it's like a relatable like girls are gonna like get this and then after this we're doing like a dance track so that'll be like fun listen writing is the most important thing you can do Mm mm-hmm because you're going to learn so much more about yourself, It'd be so much be so much more in tune with what you're feeling. You'll figure out what you want to say, yeah, which is important in terms of the authenticity too of being able to find your voice. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Me Too thing and the times of think, find your right. voice and be able to say articulately the the message you want to come across and be authentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. Do, write everything. Write in your journal. Write music. Write poetry. Write. Instagram posts, whatever. Yeah. Just as you do it and you keep doing it. The problem is the only challenge you're going to have is you're in the public eye. Yeah. And the and the <laughs> and the benefit of that is it's going to make your skin thicker. And yeah. So use oh, the shit. totally. Hey. I mean, gosh, I can't remember the last time like a tweet or something made me cry because it's been a very very long time. Good. And it was only at a time where I was like going through 
marital issues and it was just like mm-hmm. things were hitting too close to home. But I was like, you know, you guys are strangers and you yeah. actually don't know me. You know an edited version of a reality show of me. Right. So I just stopped letting that get to me. Even this year when I moved to Vegas, I deleted social media for like five months from my phone. Didn't do it at all. I was still active. I had my sister doing it for me full time. So right. no one knew. Right. I am back on it now because now I'm okay. Now it's like I don't even look at a lot of the comments anymore. But you're. But think about how smart that is. And just in terms of anybody who wants to be an artist. Right? Yeah. <laughs> when you should have those quiet times. You should have those times you just go on a walk mm-hmm. and not looking down at your phone. You need those times where you're just alone in silence because yeah. that's when your inner voice is going to be, which is probably so faint in most people now because their time is being consumed with other people giving them instant gratification mm-hmm. and dopamine through that little device. It's a tiny little whisper of that creative voice that you need to nurture and be quiet and yeah. go out and take a walk and sit with for an hour and just think and go deep that that voice is going to start to get louder and louder and louder until mm-hmm. you, like you said, after five months – you're on stage singing, and now you have a new song that you're writing. That's yeah. fantastic. Because you had you been clouded by, you know, one person saying, you suck and you can't do it. Yeah. You might go, well, who am I kidding? I, you're, I, well, I'm just going to go back to the show. Yeah. And you wouldn't have done it. So being able to, like, put that shit aside and just go deep and really listen to that little voice is so important to me. Totally. Honest, to everybody. What's funny is last season on the show, Lala, Randall's fiance, is the one who called me tone deaf in the studio. And – that producer is who I'm working with because he was like, no, I love your voice and like, I'm going to make your voice better. Right. And there were things I did this morning that I was like, I didn't even know I could hit that note anymore. It was just like, and uh, I mean, her and I are amazing now, but right. it was just like that one comment really got me in my head. And I was like, I, I know I'm not the best singer, but like I'm trying. Right. And I got really self-conscious about it. And it was like, I mean, we talked and she was like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. But I was like, no, your voice is different than mine. So yeah, if I'm trying to sing your melody, maybe I'm going to sound tone deaf. Right. But, but now that I've been in the studio with her producers, I'm like, we all see something here. Yeah, but anybody, <laughs> but, but that's fine. You have yeah. to get better. You're, nobody comes out of the womb great. No. You, know, you have to get better. And so you need that time. And, the, and mm-hmm. the ability just to say, I don't care what anybody's, you know, dance like no one's watching, sing yeah. like no one's listening. You need that time to be able to just do that without people giving you that kind of shitty feedback. Right. Not to say that she was coming from a terrible place. And thank God you used it to say, all right, well, then I'm going to get better. Yeah. As opposed to, I am tone deaf, I'm giving up. Exactly. That's the worst thing. People should never quit. Yeah. You've got to just listen to that little voice, nurture it, and build it so that you can get where yeah. you want to go. Definitely. Now we're like a Tony Robbins episode (laughs) we're like doing like self-help stuff i like it oh thank you i like it good have you ever thought of um producing television or like reality television well i did i produced this thing called snack off for oh yeah right with crazy Teigen. yeah which was a cooking show Uh that was basically just like stoners cooking crappy snack foods (laughs) so it didn't really take up but no i love it and you know so mike mike fleiss no mike fleiss is a good friend of mine he produces the bachelor Uh jeff probst is one of my best friends he produces survivor so i'm in awe of the the productions i that's what i had probst on the podcast for so i'm just in awe of how he produces that show yeah and be and is completely authentic and just lets it happen and is able to be Pivot on a dime, your show included, where it's just like, oh, that's that's a storyline now. That's real. That, right. oh, that's happening now. We're going to pivot and do this. Uh-huh. It's such an incredible get, skill. I, I, I don't have – I've tried. I don't have it. I've, I've partnered with other producers and said, oh, this would be a great show. And they're like, no, 52 of those have been done. And so I'm sort of floundering my way through that part of it. But yeah. I'm, I'm actively trying to do scripted television 
all the time. Yeah. I love, too, now that um, so we're on Bravo, and now Bravo has scripted series yeah. that are coming out, mm-hmm. two of which I heard aren't coming back, and I'm bummed about that because I really liked them. But I like that reality networks are now yeah. taking that step. And I'm like, okay, so now can some of your unscripted talent move into the scripted department? Sure. Because Why not? that's what I really want to do more of. I think I'm an entertaining person on my like as myself for that job but it's like i also like to play characters and be someone else and take right. on a different persona well then you need to do what lisa did yeah just do it don't yeah. take no for an answer lisa bullied and cajoled her way to get another show and become mm-hmm. a t- top person on that network do yeah. that because you know what disney really is good at that nickelodeon's really good at that which i've is, done both of those right which yeah. is but but they take their stars and they yeah. go oh you're going to be in the descendants and you're going to be in living maddie uh-huh. and you're going to be in this and you're going to be Totally. And, they, and they do that, and That's right. Bravo should do that. Yeah. They have a huge bench of talent uh-huh. um, between all those shows. They should definitely do that. So you should be the first. Go in there and do it. They like should. Lisa made you go on yeah. her show. Make them do it. Even like if it was like a daytime, like Watch It Happens Live type of show. Like I would love to host something like Andy Cohen does as mm-hmm. well. But like obviously it's Andy Cohen. Like right. he's gonna do that. But he wasn't that. Andy Cohen. He was an executive <laughs> I who know. became a host and became on air talent. Yeah. Through the same thing. Of like, uh-huh. yeah, I won't be denied. Yeah. I'm gonna show you what this network's gonna be. And he did it. And yeah. he's done an amazing job. Do that. Yeah. That's producing. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. See I feel even more motivated today. Like oh, I already good. did this morning, like good. the studio and now we're doing this. So you don't watch any like you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, right? Sure I do. You do? Absolutely. What? Sure. What's your favorite reality show? My favorite reality show? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Gosh, it's probably Survivor. Okay. Followed very closely by all the bachelors. And I'll tell you why. That's my favorite. I'll tell you why. It's so funny because I have a seventeen year old son. Okay. And I we enjoy watching it all together because uh-huh. we can say like, see? Don't ever date someone like that. <laughs> that's that's not that yeah. person's a terrible person. And what's so great about Survivor, it's the same thing of like watching the social game and going, ah, see, you know, that person's li-. there's great lessons to be learned from all yeah. these shows. And <clears throat> the first season of your show, I saw you guys at Coachella and I was like, Oh my gosh, there's a Vandy Pong Rules game. <laughs> you guys were all getting on the or maybe you weren't there, but Jackson. I wasn't there first year. Jax was there and they're all there getting yeah. on the thing. And I was like, Wow, there they are. And it seems so bizarre to me that you guys worked at the restaurant. I'm like, that can't be real. Yeah. And I went in and I was like, well, huh? there they are. Yep. So, I, look, I'm a huge fan. We watch Southern Charm. We watch a lot of Bravo I stuff. I love that. We do. Because <laughs> it's just fun to watch people do themselves. Yeah. It's like an interesting thing. And what's fascinating is, I, and I talked to probes about this, is people think, oh, it's bullshit. It's written. And there's no way. You forget about the cameras like that. Oh, totally. Just, they completely melt away and you're yeah. yourself. You can't not be. No. It's impossible. So, yeah, so I'm a fan. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Cool. Well, thanks. So what would you say – I know you said this a little earlier, but just to reiterate, what is your advice to people who want to get into this film business and crazy industry we're in? Right. So I ask that question of every one of my guests at the end of my podcast, mm-hmm. and basically the answer boils down to some version of do it. Just freaking do just it. Just do it. Like so, Nike said, just yeah, do it. Well, think about it. You were at the Havana Room. Mm-hmm. And you were a server, and you were doing little arcs on nine hundred two and et cetera. And yeah. then you were you when your back got up against it, you were like, "I got to call people, I got to get a job." Yeah. I have, a th- I have three weeks. That's it. That's basically how people need to be if they want to be in the business. Like, put your back up against it and be like, "I don't care. No one's stopping me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to." 
go get a job and get a reality show uh, as a server. I'm going to go on auditions. I'm going to learn. I'm going to go to acting class. I'm going to meet you and Lala and figure out, let's make a short, Yeah. the three of us. Uh-huh. Let's figure it out. Let's find, you know, let's talk to some of these field producer people we have. Whatever you have at your disposal. If, yeah. if you look around, I can't tell you how many people go, I say, how did you get in the business? They go, oh, I had an aunt who was living in New York and she booked theaters and she knew one person and they, she called that one person and I went in and got a job. My dad, who could not be further from the movie business, he was in, in PR in, at Southern California Gas, happened to be playing golf with a guy who was at Paramount uh-huh. in television. It's like, oh, wow. my dad doesn't know anybody and he was like, oh, you should talk to my son. So it's like anybody, just look around your circle wherever you're sitting right now and yeah. listening to this your podcast look around your circle and go wait a minute you can write you're a great dancer you're great let's make a short or Mm -hmm. let's do a podcast or let's put something up on youtube not just like throw it up like i'm in a bikini on a beach kind of stuff right but like really think about like what do you want to say and what do you want to be known as and whatever that is you are your own brand no one is like you yeah and do that and get either write it produce it act in it get somebody to produce it for you but if you really want to do this, there's a million ways to do it. And even if it doesn't work the first time, like you said. Keep trying. Yeah, you're out recording and it's not great. Keep recording because some, something will come of it. Something yeah. will absolutely come of it. Definitely. Well, this has been awesome. <laughs> Thank you. There was one thing that I just wanted to mention in the beginning and then we just got so Sorry. into it. No, it's, no, this is a great conversation. But I was just going to tell you about this package I just got recently. So have you ever heard of Care Of? No. Okay, so it's this great thing where they deliver vitamins to your door, but you have to go online, you take like this fun little quiz, and they ask you about like your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices, it takes like five minutes. So when I did this, I got like vitamin D, magnesium, B complex, fish oil, and a few others. Mm-hmm. So obviously everyone's is different, but during the quiz, it's fun because you like get to pick like which things you want to focus on. So I was like, okay, um, brain, because I do smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Energy, because I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Stress, because I'm on a reality show. And hair, because I really want to take these extensions out. Right. So those were the things that I picked. But your vitamins get delivered right to your door. They have these little personalized, easy to remember daily packs, which are perfect for busy on the go schedules like we have. And, um, yeah, you can modify your monthly subscription box at any time. And the best thing is a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. Wow. Yeah. So for all of you listeners, for 25% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter Sheena. So that's for 25% off. Visit TakeCareOf.com and enter Sheena. So, yeah, I just had to mention that. You know? And I will say one more thing yeah. about you smoking weed. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Oh, Because, by the yeah. way, that's a quiet time where you can smoke and just ask yourself what my intention is. And creative stuff will happen for you. Absolutely. From that. And I notice that when I do smoke weed, I get out of my girl brain and into my rational brain. And yep. I'm more creative and Good. I'm more focused. And right. Mm-hmm. Make sure you write. That's what I did last night. Great. I watched Tag, and then I wrote in my notebook. That's how people get into the business. <laughs> Watch Tag, smoke weed, exactly. and write in their notebook. Boom. We solved it. We exactly. solved it. There we go. <laughs> 
So, you guys, check out Tag. If you haven't seen it yet, I loved it. You can watch a bunch of Todd Garner's movies on Pluto TV, which is the leading free streaming television service. You guys can watch over 100 TV channels, thousands of movies on demand, all for free. No credit card needed, no sign up. Pluto TV is easy, completely legal. So you can watch all of your favorite TV shows, hit movies. You know, you don't even have to pay for TV again. So download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today. And watch Tag because it's awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. This was fun. I'm Thank glad you so I got much. To do it. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Glad to be here. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shenanigans. Download new episodes every Tuesday and subscribe on the Podcast One app at podcastone.com or at Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Looking fine and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Get over here, boy. I'm going to make you mine. Do you want it?